Welcome to The Real Review, sponsored by Parametric and Lazy Ape Studios, where you get some of the latest happenings, real thoughts, and perspectives in the world of film and television. And this is our Tube Talk episode, where we review some of the latest TV show episodes, talk about some upcoming new shows and episodes, and review our thoughts and feelings on those new shows and episodes. Lots of feelings. Lots of feelings. This is a very feelings-based episode. Yeah, that's true. The real view. Yes, awesome. How you do, Matt? Doing pretty good, man. How are you? I'm doing pretty good as well. Yeah, as always, I'm your host Joel and Joel Cunningham, and this is Matt Hay. Yes, joining us for this review episode yes. for Tube Talk. Yeah, <laughs> why don't you uh, give the folks, the uh, listeners, in uh, a few good ways to get connected here up the upfront. Y'all, you can get connected with us a number of ways, but let's start off with the social media universe. You have the good old, uh, you know, faithful Facebook uh, slash Real Review Media. You can find us there. Also at Instagram and Twitter at Real Review Media. Uh, we got stuff updated in there all the time. Check it out. Uh, we also have a website, realreviewmedia.com, where mm-hmm. you, we actually link to all of those items and uh, social media sites. Uh, but you can also get some some more updates, and it looks it looks a little bit different. So you want to be connected a number yeah. of different ways. Yeah. Um, and then uh, different formats. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then you can also reach us on the uh, send us emails. Let us know what's up. Uh, realreviewmedia at gmail dot com. Uh, let us know what shows you're excited for, what you're looking forward to. We have uh, we're in a little bit of a summertime lull with new. A little bit. So um, we've had some new stuff drop. Right. But so it's still upcoming. It's, there's kind of a, a wave or a storm of sorts about ready to hit at it's the building. end of the summer. Yeah. Yes. This is a nice lull for you and I, Matt. Winter so is can, coming. Winter is coming. Yes. Yes. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And figuratively. Well, I don't know. In many different ways, if you're talking about Game of Thrones, it's definitely coming. Game of Thrones, what's that? <laughs> it's a little <laughs> little television show oh, on the okay. Hebo. Have you seen the Hebo? Yeah, no, I got it. <laughs> you know the Hebo? I, I, get, I get what you're saying. I like the Hebo Go. Do you use the Hebo I Go? I don't. The Hebo, do you know what I'm talking about? No, I, someone give me their password. <laughs> <laughs> I use my sister's. Hey. Awkward. I'm just kidding. She's getting her, her subscription canceled right now by yep. HBO. They're like, they're sharing. They're not supposed to. <laughs> I feel like that's like 90% of people out there. It's it just truly like, is. You There's have, really only like three people that actually have subscriptions <laughs> yeah, to HBO. Yeah, Go, exactly. And they're just sharing it with everybody. Everybody's sharing. Exactly. <laughs> they probably keep track of all that kind of crud, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that's why I love my sister, because yep. she shares. Duh. There you go. Um, and so today we're going to be talking about a few shows. As Matt mentioned, um, we've had a couple kind of wrap up, and we've managed to catch up on a few other shows. Um, specifically, Matt, you're going to be kind of giving final thoughts on the final this season, maybe final, maybe, I don't know if it's been reviewed, but for Prison Break. Yeah. Um, we're going to be talking about also The Americans, which is a show you've been watching. Yep. And then I'm going to give some synopsis and thoughts on House of Cards, which that's been an ongoing series that I've had a very much love, sometimes a little bit hate relationship with, mostly <laughs> love. But then there's one period of time, it's just like, new House yeah. of Cards. Um, and then we're also going to be doing our part four of the upcoming fall TV schedule. Um, it's our fourth and final part, yep. uh, which is for The CW. Yep. Doing some interesting things, yeah, actually. I was are. interested when I saw the, the trailers. I was like, huh, that's CW? Maybe that's a noise. Yeah, that, that's that's our review of the the trailers. Huh? Yeah, that yeah. should be their new huh. that should be their new uh, tagline. CW. Welcome to the CW. Huh. Huh. Yeah. Huh. huh. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, uh, well, you, would you like to uh, start us off, Matt? Yeah, let's just dive right in. And so, pr- first, first and uh, foremost, no. Typically, we've been covering Better Call Saul. Mm-hmm. I um, which is going to start back up today, t- today for yeah. us so, when we're recording. So last it. week, I was texting you, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, let's let's you know, we're going to talk about Better Call Saul." And I was talking about you know how I just started watching The Americans. Yeah, and um, 
And then I'm like, I look at the schedule. I'm like, dang it, better call Saul in on tonight. It's a bye <laughs> week, you bastard. Anyway, yeah. so I was just kind of like, ah, oh, so disappointed because that's kind of been my jam at the moment. Yeah. But um, so we'll get back to that that uh, next week. There's only right. three episodes left. But uh, to recap, uh, Prison Break, and and this has been a weird year where we've had these like limited, uh, episode seasons of shows yeah. that have kind of made this return. We had Twenty Four Legacy earlier, and we had Prison Break. Right. Um. And They're kind of like weird reboots. They're like so, soft reboots. Right. But they still like it. The continuity is still there. Yeah. It still takes place. You know? Yeah. So here's the, here's the thing is Fox has already said, you know, there aren't any plans to make any additional both 24 and prison break in the okay. future. Um, they're not really, they're kind of, they're kind of playing uh, coy, I guess, as far as like w- how they actually did as a series is concerned. Um, I would say they both suffered from a lot of the same things. I would say Prison Break actually did a better job than 24 Legacy did. Okay. Um, I will say that I, I stopped reviewing it when we started talking about each episode at a time, but I stopped reviewing it Yeah. because it just felt like the same thing over and over again. Um, some of the things that really made the first Prison Break special, obviously, actually a lot of the things that made the first Prison Break special weren't in this. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that they did well and didn't really flesh out entirely until the very end was you got a scope of Michael's plan in the last couple of episodes. Like, he had a grand plan. You had no idea what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's part of the problem. They turned his plan and how smart Michael was into a season-long, like, like, you know, surprise. Let's, you know, let's save that for the twist at the end. This was the twist. Michael's plan where in the first season you had a couple of elements that were like a couple episodes, like, Oh, that's what he's trying to do. But it was never like nine episodes, you Mm -hmm. know, until you figured out what Michael was planning. It was like maybe two episodes at the most. And, um, it just made it like kind of tiring. Like, does Michael really know what he's doing? I mean, (laughs) he's supposed to be a genius. He's really supposed to be very smart. He's been recruited. He, uh, to help break other people out from, he had to fake his death to do that. Uh, it made it a little, I didn't believe it at the beginning. It made it a little bit more believable at the end, still not fully buying it. But, um, he did this really cool thing. Again, we do spoilers on the show. If you, this is the first time you were listening to it. Um, he did this cool thing where they did a flashback a couple times. They flashed back to where he's with the guy that essentially set him up and like stole him from his family. Yeah. Um, he's with him and they, ha- he has to get into his like a sec- secret bunker. The, the, the main bad guy his name yeah. is poseidon and he um <laughs> that's like his code name. sorry and he uh i laugh at that he I has like this it. face scanner to get him into the room yeah and mike and you can just see kind of michael just kind of like he 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 watches everything and he like takes everything into account and he's very like precise it's like a sherlock kind yes of guy. he's very yeah. very bright mm-hmm. and um and you see him like he goes with Poseidon. He gets his uh, Poseidon gets his face scanned, and that lets him into the super secret bunker that has all the information that's going to uh, incriminate Poseidon to eventually take him down. Mm-hmm. And um, and Michael has all these tattoos. They never explain what they're for. There's all these encryptions, not, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's the one cool scene that I, I liked, and it was and it was essentially one of his new tattoos was he had the guy's face tattooed on the back of his hands <laughs> and and he Kay. went like he put his hands up to the camera and that was kind of cool the way they executed it it sounds cheesy but the way they executed it it looked kind of cool i was like oh that's pretty sweet okay yeah. they that was kind of just imagining the tattoo artist and like how that would I'm, i like, know doing it, like how that would exactly 
I don't know. They probably that's, thought that's a about really it. difficult tattoo <laughs> job that I don't know if you could get that done while you're in prison. Right. You they know? probably thought about it and they're like, "How are we going to show this getting done? Like, we yeah. would need this to be perfect." Yeah, that's like its own story of just getting the hand right. Tattoo. And and they were like, they were probably like, "Ah, oh, no, so we you don't have to have get time. his photo." And then he has to add. Ah, sorry, like, the writers were like, "Ah, we don't have time to think about how we're going to write that. Yeah. Let's just not talk about it. We'll gotcha. just have yeah. people assume that he just got it done by some pro." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a pro out there somewhere that so, does facial hand tattoos. So what's really weird about this season it's nine episodes a typical season back in the day just to say i really want to do that now <laughs> i know I get a hand tattoo i could have a second face if i need to <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry so i i my i think this show really suffered from being nine episodes mm-hmm. in 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 a sense so where it it looked like it was written to be 15 to 20 episodes long yeah it looked like it was to originally supposed to be that long it felt a lot of times like there was episodes missing between the episodes like why am i supposed to buy that this character is feeling this other way about this certain character when we've had zero relationship or like like minuscule like uh interactions with that character i don't buy that relationship i don't buy that they're getting along right now i don't buy that he hates him one episode and he doesn't hate him another episode yeah um there's this character whip who ends up again spoiler ends up being uh this other character's teabag his his name um his son yeah and and there's this whole progression that goes through. I'm like, I don't care. Like they don't build any of this relationship beforehand. Um, he hates Michael in a couple of the earlier episodes. And the yeah. next he's like, you're like a brother to me. I'm like, <laughs> there's like two or three episodes of some sort of character development arc that's, that's missing. Mm-hmm. It felt that way a lot with other plot devices, like John Abruzzi from the first season who died in the second season. He, uh, he, he has a son and he's in this, but you know, they just shoehorn that in there or mm-hmm. maybe there's a bigger story. They just cut out episodes. It's tough. Um, it's weird because you. It's would, really weird. I, one of the things I like about the subscriber model with like Netflix is the non-standard. They can release a show that's four episodes, two episodes, three. You know what I mean? They yeah. can do kind of whatever they want. Right. And I love that. I wish they would. They, I wish they would maybe take that into account better with some of these broadcast shows. So I think it felt like if that's the case for a lot of shows that are kind of being rebooted. Honestly, they're giving them a limited. This is run. what I feel like what happened is they wrote Prison Break. They had fifteen episodes, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Hey, Fox." This is what we got. And they're like, ah, I don't know if there's really a market for prison break anymore. Right. Or how budget. About, we don't yeah. have the budget for that. How about we can do nine episodes? Gotcha. You know, and then they're like, all right, let's let's release this thing. So, yeah, it's kind of a bummer. Uh, still very disappointed. Unfortunately, um, kind of, that's not good. Yeah. It had some moments of like, oh, this is kind of cool. It reminds me of some stuff. Yeah. Um, but that's really it. I mean, um, just as a whole, I was very underwhelmed by it. I give the whole thing maybe a 55. Okay. Or a five. I, that's what we were. We'll do a five Yeah, we do a ten. five out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> five out of ten. Cool. So that's unfortunate that they kind of ended it that way. I, I would have loved to maybe see this go off with uh, a final epic bang. Do you think maybe they could bring it back with like a... They didn't leave it open for a cliffhanger. It's very much concluded. So it's completely done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, Unless, could do like I mean, if they, if they wanted to open it up again for another season they yeah. they would just have to introduce a new conflict i gotcha yeah okay so yeah all right well thank you for that review then uh you're welcome yeah we're gonna move on then uh into our next and yeah we would i would love to hear from people as well their views and perspectives on it too yeah. so if anybody wants to email us about that so we're gonna move on then to the next show we're gonna be talking about which is the americans which is an ongoing series yes that you've been watching on and fx for the most part liking yep the americans the americans anyways 
Um, <laughs> so the Americans is just a brief synopsis, and this is very, very simple. I'll explain it a little bit more, but it's two Soviet intelligence a- intelligence agents pose as a married couple to spy on the American government. Mm. Um, I went into this pure curiosity. I haven't heard of a lot of people watching it that I know of. It's popular. It's on its fifth season right now. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm not caught up. If you watch the Americans and you like it, awesome. Let me know about it, but don't tell me about it. I'm about a little over halfway through the first season. Um, it's, it's really good in a sense that it made me care for the characters right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically the main guy, Philip. I really, really like the guy. He's, He's uh, been born and bred. Him and his and his, uh, I guess, faux wife are, you know, born bred like you know, secret agents of. Uh, they work for the KGB. Yeah. And they are, um, you know, trying to get secrets and do all these covert missions from episode to episode, and, and it, it's really exciting in the in that sense. And some of the stuff that they have to do and have to pull off, and you see how really skilled and talented they are. They're very awesome. Yeah. There's a lot of cool action sequences with them. Um, especially Carrie Russell. I'm going to just say I'm, I'm very surprised with her. She's There's a lot of physicality stuff that she has to do that I've never seen her really pull off before. Huh. Uh, maybe the closest would be Mission Impossible 3. Um, but yeah, she's really only, she was only in it for like six minutes. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. um, you don't really see her as an action person. But I really connected with Phil Philip. He is... Um, He's very much to like his 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 king and country and the purpose for uh, Russia and what he's doing there, but he's so emotionally conflicted. He's basically been uh, in this country for twenty years with his wife mm-hmm. under the undercover, but they have two kids. Yeah, and so he's like very conflicted. Um, and at least to start out, they're not like they're not like in love for real. They're they're just doing a job. Yeah, and but he's more so like emotional maybe that's why <laughs> maybe that's why i connected with him yeah he's very emotional and okay. i'm kind of a, like that as well so he's very much you are like, our fan reviewer right so, so yeah. he's very much about like making sure that he's doing right by his kids mm-hmm. and even his wife for for that part you know and he wants to try and fit in as as much as possible and he's kind of enjoying some of the stuff and he's and he's very conflicted when it comes to uh his wife doing like dangerous things, even though that's what they've been doing all along. Cause he's, he's like falling in love with her. Yeah. And so you see this progression and, um, he's, I love it. I love that confliction that he's having. It makes it really interesting, but at the same time, he's really stands like, um, uh, kind of, you know, for the things that are right in his eyes. And yeah, I really, really appreciate that. Carrie Russell is very much. Her character is more so, um, about, uh, king and country, uh, everything else is second. Hmm. Um, and then she starts, you know, kind of getting into that, like, I'm kind of falling in love a little bit with you through some, like, you know, conflict that happens. But yeah. um, it's it's really, really cool to see. Um, and again, they're just the acting overall is really cool. It's a period piece, takes place in the 70s. A lot of the, what what's really cool about it is they use, they use, real life historical timeline stuff that happened. Oh, cool. As like TV broadcasts and things. Yeah. And so like, uh, when Reagan was shot, they used that element, um, as like, like, was that us? Like, and they like incorporated that into the story. And it was kind of cool in that regard. That is cool. Yeah. Um, it wasn't like 
Michael Bay, like every historical event was some sort of Transformers yeah. event. It wasn't like that. It was done, <laughs> it was done in like a very realistic, like tasteful, like believable way. Gotcha. Um, and it was re- it's really really cool. And I'm only like in episode eight right now of the mm-hmm. first season, but I'm I'm excited to keep going. I want to keep going. I've invested the time in it, and uh, I'm excited to talk about it further. But yeah, that's awesome. Well, we'll keep on with it, and we'll keep talking about it. And uh, do you know how long they have left for the season? About halfway, a little, about halfway. About halfway. Okay. Yeah. So we'll have a good long run to talk about that. Yeah. Kind of keep it going. So, and I might try and check it out as well. You've done enough to sell me on it. Yeah. It's kind of a thing. Um, how do you feel like the action elements play out with the story pretty well? I mean, do they handle it good? Yeah. Yeah. They okay. handle it well. It's, uh, it's not like super flashy. It's not like, yeah. like action for the sake of action. It's very, um, is it understated or is it more just kind of real? What's it's more, the kind of style? It's more real. Okay. I would say it's more real. Um, and nothing too big, nothing too crazy. There's not like giant action set pieces or anything <laughs> like that. It's like it's mostly like close quarter, like hand to hand combat stuff. Gotcha. Um, and, and it's done in a, in a well way. Uh, I will say if you're looking for a new show, this is, this is very well. It has a lot of adult content, definitely okay. not for kids, violent, um, uh, while while that stuff is kind of few and far between, it definitely when it goes for it, it goes for it. Like shooting people right in the face, you know, yeah. like oh, that's wow. that's intense. So um, yeah. yeah. But other than that, it's it's good, um, and I'm excited to keep it going. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks, Matt. I appreciate you giving that synopsis and review. We'll move on to our next one then, which this is the one I'm actually going to be handling. Yeah. Talking about a little show called House of Cards. Yeah. I've seen the first three seasons. Right. Yeah. So this is unfortunate for you because I'm going to try not to spoil anything for you. No, it's okay. (laughs) Um, This is one of my favorite-ish shows. And I think I mentioned at the beginning I've had a very mostly love but sometimes hate relationship with the show. Um, The first two seasons of this I consider one of the best. Definitely probably – definitely probably – one of the top five Netflix original shows yeah. that I know of, if not the best. Um, that's probably it's probably right up there with like Stranger Things and yeah. stuff. Um, and one of potentially one of you know my top ten or so shows of all time. Wow. Um, yeah. So it's a lot of really good stuff with this show, and um, so I don't want to treat it lightly, and I don't want to. But there's a ton of content we're going on the ending of the fifth season, um, which will very much most likely move into a sixth season. I haven't seen the entirety of this season yet. I've gotten up to, I've gotten through nine episodes. It's a 13 episode run. So there's going to be a few more episodes that I need to watch. But um, from everything that's been indicated, I don't like to read spoilers or anything like that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it looks like they leave it with a bit of uh, like, there's still things to be done. Yeah. Um, so this show is actually based on a British property, which was originally based upon what I believe was a book series. So the book series was turned into a show that dealt with, I think in the 19... 19- I think it came out like the late 1970s or early 1980s. I'm not 100% on that. Probably 1980s, but it dealt with um, the British government and uh, a gentleman, very similarly, Frank Underwood, trying to become the British prime minister and underhand, using underhanded means and his wife and being very manipulative. And um, it, it created sort of a style and a tone for the type of show. Right. Um, and it was pretty popular. It's a, it, it was like a limited run series in britain and if you know kind of how their things run they usually run series so they're like a series one series two series three and every show is renewed like independently based upon how well the prior one performs and everything like that so it was a three series run show that i think had three episodes that were all around like an hour or so each and it was very pretty popular for the time um and so they redid it for Netflix, and the showrunner for it 
uh, was a guy named Bo. I'm, I'm hoping that's like but Bo Williman. Yep. And um, he actually was recently replaced for this season by two of the senior writers on the show, uh, Frank Puglius and Melissa James Gibson. Um, and so he was he's been pretty actively involved in it. And it, I think one of the things that I've just really loved about the show almost more than anything outside of the style and the tone and the content is really the visual style um, that they've gone, they've gone for with the show. One of the cool things that they've done and they do it really well. I've seen it happen really awkwardly. And a lot of times it happens more in like a, for comedic effect. Um, but it's the fourth wall. Breaks. Oh yeah. That's great. Um, and Kevin Spacey plays this character. So it stars a, bunch of people i mean it's a huge cast and people are constantly coming in and leaving and you know adding to the cast and going away because of under things that are happening yeah. with them and you know i'm not going to get into a ton of that but um kevin spacey and robin wright are the two main characters they play francis and claire underwood who the synopsis for the story and it's a very simplified synopsis is a congressman a congressman works with his equally conniving wife to exact revenge exact revenge on the people who betrayed him um that's a very very basic synopsis um the show starts out with francis underwood who is a U- u.s rep um he's the majority whip i think or the, i think he's the majority whip or the minority whip in the congress um who has apparently been promised this secretary of state position it's very similar to the british show he was yeah. promised a role within the, the prime minister's cabinet and he didn't get it and so because of that he decides that he's going to sort of enact this revenge um, against his party, his party uh, member of the Democratic Party, where he is going to then force his way into becoming the president of the United States. And one of the things that's so cool about this kind of show is it almost takes on a level of like lore or like a, a like a kind of like almost a story that is set within our modern era, but it's kind of outside of our modern era. But it has metaphor and symbol like symbolic nature almost satire at times of our current political system and how some of the things might run a lot of that has to do i think with the fourth wall breaks and the kind of the the wink to the the camera that you're kind of on the ride you're like on a ride you're seeing a story unfold and it's kind of it plays out that way because of how i think they you know you don't really know a lot when you first start the story about claire and francis underwood and things come out over the course of the series that you're just like what the heck is this? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, they have these shocking moments where you're not expecting them to take on this sort of like role as a person that's elected official. You know, the very first episode, the very first season shows Francis kind of walking out of his house after this, you know, hear a car crash and his dog's kind of whimpering and he comes out and he kneels down and he basically breaks puts, neck, yeah, breaks yeah. it, chokes it more or yeah. less, puts it down of its ministry. And that's like, it's like you're coming in on this story with this very manipulative, conniving, diabolical um, couple that will do anything by whatever means to exact whatever or to receive whatever is due to them that they feel like is due to them. Right. Um, and it's interesting because it's almost like if he hadn't have been, if he hadn't have been scorned and sort of mistreated in this position to get secretary of state, would it have gone this way? Right. Would he have still done these manipulative means and gone down this path to do these horrible things? And it, they leave a wake of destruction and attack against pretty much all the people um, that they come in contact with and they use and abuse. And there's another character, uh, Doug Stamper, played by a guy named Michael Kelly. Uh, it's the first show I actually saw him in. Um, he he is an amazing character. He's, he's, he's grown a lot on me. He's kind of like the the 
the side guy. He's like the the assistant to Kevin uh, to Francis Underwood. He's he does whatever. He's like the, the lackey, yes man the yes him, man yeah. that will do whatever. Um, whatever I mean, anything that this guy basically wants. Yeah. Um, and how that plays out in the dynamic between the relationship with them, it's almost this like fatherly, like maternal or like paternal type thing, which is really weird. Right. Um, and the relationship that you have between Francis and Claire, where it's like this respect, it's like a mutual respect and a love, but at the same time, it's not really a love. It's yeah. like they do love each other, but they're not in love with each other, even though they kind of are at the same time. It's yeah. super weird. Yeah. Um, and everything just leaves you kind of with this edge of your seat feeling where it's like, where's it going to go next? What path is it going to go down next? And what's going to happen? And I think season two had one of the most like uh, jaw dropping type feels to me and moments i don't want to say when or where or what happens because i don't want to spoil that for people at all but like out of almost every show that i've watched that had like one of these like what is going on right. like moments um that i've seen in like television you know what i mean because the whole show is building and that's it's very similar to another show which i really 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 like which is breaking bad yeah it's this tightening in every episode i mean the name is house of cards so it's kind of like this idea that you know if you push one card out of yeah. whack then all of them are just going to collapse it's like breaking bad it's like he's slowly getting closer and closer to the edge and the precipice and they will like tiptoe over it and the main character is an antagonist you he know? is so yeah it's kind of a weird it's a weird thing it, where where you have something so engaging <laughs> but it's like the main character is yeah. just like a nasty dude <laughs> he is but he's like He's and that's what makes this so weird and crazy to me is you kind of love to hate him, yeah. And you understand why people, you can tell that he's fake and he knows how to be fake, but he knows how to be fake so well, yeah. That people, it's like all of our politicians, yeah. you know. Not to get too political here, but it's like you can tell all of them are like completely prepackaged, rehearsed. Like this is how I present myself, and this is how I smile and nod, and this right. is how I ask about your kids and your family. And but really, I'm doing these underhanded back you know, horrible backroom deals that are probably going on that might be very realistic. Right. You know, that I don't know. And it's crazy. It, it's been interesting to see how they've talked about certain elements of the show and you kind of think like, well, that can't be real. But then other times things will happen within our political realm. And you're like, well, maybe that actually isn't too far off. And right. so I did mention in the beginning that I had a love hate relationship with this. As much as I love the first two episodes, um, season? or season, sorry, first two seasons of the show, the third season was a real downer for me. And it really took a, like a major step on the brakes for me. And it felt like the entire thing kind of just flattened out. And it really felt like they were running low and running out of story that they were trying to spin into these longer stuff. It felt like there was like four distinct episodes that could have been made from that season. And that would have been more than enough for me. Um, whereas, but season four came back in, it really picked up the pace a little bit. Things started happening again, became a lot more interesting. It didn't feel like they were kind of like regurgitating and respinning their wheels and revisiting the same like two or three plot lines the entire season. And for the most part, the season five as well has been very good for me. And they've gone into a direction with things. And again, I don't, I, this is one that I'm not going to include too many spoilers on, but they've gone in a direction with things that was very unexpected. Because it's how they did it. They kind of put themselves in a corner. And I was like, now, how are you going to write yourself out of this one? Because you've kind of, a lot of the cards are starting to collapse. A yeah. lot of the things that have happened in prior seasons are finally starting to catch up with them through like investigations that are happening. Yeah. And um, this season has been, I think, the primary focus of, of this season has been on the usage and the abuse of the media and kind of the good and the bads of the media. I think every season kind of had its own feel to it with certain mm -hmm. different things. And that's kind of been building and we're seeing kind of how the media is played in a good way and how it's played in a bad way and how the different actors in a sense of this world of politics 
are presenting themselves and how the closed door type stuff, unfortunately, will sometimes when it gets filtered into the real world, how that impacts it and how they they work very hard to not have that filter into the real world and how they're the so Claire and Francis are kind of at this point manipulating the media into creating this um, story that's going to help them be successful and stay in power and stay where they are in in their positions. And so it's been really interesting to see. I feel like this season has been a bit too, and they had new showrunners that kind of took over the season. Um, two different, like I mentioned, the two different senior writers. Yeah. Um, they they feel like they're doing a good job with it. I think tone and style-wise, they've done a very good job, and it feels like the the topics and the, the main ideas of the show are being prog- progressed through well and the characters haven't changed, but it feels a little bit more flagged Whereas in the first couple seasons, you kind of never knew what was going to happen. Anything in any moment could just like, yeah. why is that happening? This one feels a lot more like, okay, where I kind of, I kind of know what you're trying to say here. I kind of see very, it's very obvious what you're trying to portray with this character and the things that are being said to them and said around them. Um, and so it's a little bit less interesting, but it's still gone there. It's still definitely yeah. had moments where I've been like shocked. And so yeah. I've enjoyed it. Um, I haven't included too many spoilers here. I'm trying to give an overall synopsis no, yeah, um, for the sense. show to, to get people interested in watching that might not watch it. I think this is as well a show that is for an adult audience. Um, it's yeah. got a lot of really over the top, you know, it's just more the the topics that they discuss, yeah, yeah, the things yeah. that they say to each other, the way that they act to each other. It's not something you would really want a kid to be encouraged to watch and enjoy and take on right, right, as a right, perception right. for how they could Machiavellianly like do this Maybe type of stuff. Maybe how not to live life. Yeah, how not to live life. Yeah, yeah that'd be really good. <laughs> um, but it's a very enjoyable show. It's one of the shows as well. The funny thing is, is I think when I was a younger person and I just watched kind of shows I didn't appreciate this kind of show because I would have said like, oh, it's boring. It talks about politics and da da. But it's so much more than politics. Politics is the game. You know what I mean? It's like in a way without the violence and the in the fantasy. It's like the Game of Thrones version of politics yeah. in a way. You know, without the over the top, over sexualizations and violence and fantasy and stuff. Yeah. The the idea of how they're all shifting and kind of backstabbing and attacking people and pulling the rug out and manipulating. And that's kind of the idea of it. And I've really, I've really liked it. So, yeah. and Fincher's involved. I should mention that I'm a huge Fincher fan. Yeah, He helped uh, produce uh, it and yeah. he, he directed the first two episodes. Right. And so yeah. he's it's definitely got a Fincher kind of style to it yeah, and for tone sure. for the, the, the film style. Cinematography is so. really great too. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It feels very real and very honest and it leaves you kind of, it's like, got kind of a Mr. Robot style. I was just going to say um, the, the elements of the two people like kind of being on a team together to to try and gain you know mm-hmm. you know uh you know fame or position for themselves yeah that reminds me a lot of some mr robot elements yeah. too yeah. so yeah so, no, that's cool so yeah so i'm gonna wrap up talking about that um i definitely love to hear from any of our listeners though as well on that show um your thoughts on it if it's something you enjoy um and just kind of yeah run through it so um and i will say too that show has had a ton of different people that i don't i didn't even know about that have kind of run through a great one is uh Marshala ali yeah. Um, who played Remy for a Remy. number of different seasons. Yep. He kind of took off and did That's much the first time I ever saw him, actually. Yeah, and it's had a lot of characters that I've seen in other shows, like Neve Campbell was, I didn't even She's really like. She's new as of this season, right? Yeah, kind of this okay, season. Okay. She was also in um, the last season. She oh, kinda, she was? Okay. Yeah, she was part of Claire's campaign. Gotcha, so, gotcha. Um, but she, like, she, I didn't even know her, and I didn't know any, uh, what she was up to and what she was doing, and she's done a great job. Sydney Prescott. You know? Yep, Sydney Prescott. Yep. There you go. Um, so, uh, yeah. So we'll wrap up conversation on House of Cards then. So, Matt, would you like to uh, lead us in then as we talk about CW, the fall schedule? Um, there's not a ton of shows. We're going to go over, I think it looks like 
five. There's four. only four. Only four. Right. Yeah, yeah. the last ones there was like ten. So yes. <laughs> this will be kind of an easier rundown. But the CW, which is uh, most notably um, kind of where uh, you have shows like The Vampire Diaries or right. The One Hundred. Um, and then you have the whole DC television universe yes. uh, as far as Arrow, The Flash, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, and Supergirl. Yeah, they own that. Yes, they <laughs> totally own that. Yeah. Um, so they have a couple of pilots, four pilots specifically, that they're launching this fall. Um, the first one is actually a show called Dynasty, which, uh, Joel, you were schooling me beforehand, which is based off a of my favorites, Matt. <laughs> previous iteration <laughs> yeah. of, of it. So. Um, essentially, it's a modern take on the classic soap that follows two of America's wealthiest families, the Carringtons and the Colbys, as they feud for control over their fortune and their children. Their series centers on two women at odds, uh, Fallon Carrington, daughter of billionaire Blake Carrington, and her soon-to-be stepmother. And Crystal. Yes, exactly. <laughs> With a C. Crystal, a Hispanic woman marrying into the Wasp family and America's most powerful class. The drama also promises to expose the dark underbelly of the 1%, a corrupt world built on black room deals, betrayal, and in some cases, murder. There you go. <laughs> it was funny because we were watching the trailer for this and I was like, it looks like Gossip Girl, but like a little bit more dramatic and dark. And then like at the very end, it goes like from the producer of Gossip, Gossip Girl. Girl. And I was like, I knew it. Yeah. And <laughs> that's, sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I felt like revenge to me. It kind of feels like a hybrid of revenge and Gossip Girl. Right. They kind of came together and created this show that's set in a more modern era, yep. which I'm sure that people will watch this. I'm sure there'll be an audience for it. I think, I'm sorry to say this, but you'll probably know. We say this a lot about these shows, but it's like, this is the kind of show you're going to know if this is your type of show. I will just say, guilty pleasure. I did enjoy Gossip Girl the first couple seasons as a guilty pleasure. I'm just outing myself with that. (laughs) I haven't Uh, seen it, but I did enjoy Revenge for what it was, too. I liked, liked, okay, (laughs) well, I liked Gossip Girl because it had the underdog character, and I'm always a big fan of that because I always... I, I'm that guy that puts myself in the shoes of the underdog character, yeah. but not everybody's like that. So, but this one seems a lot less silly tongue in cheek. Cause you know, I don't know about revenge, but Gossip Girl definitely had a lot of kind of like over the top, ridiculous kind of almost humorish yeah. type ridiculousness. Whereas this one seems like it's trying to be a little bit more real and more dramatic. Um, gotcha. There's definitely a bit of humor kind of with some of the dialogue and the lines and the way characters are interacting with each other. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's a remake of Dynasty. Potential, like, um, like unintentional humor is yeah. kind of what I got from that. Just like, hey, that's a cheesy line. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And that's, again, it's a thing where it's uh, trailers for shows are usually showcasing plot points for the first three episodes. Yeah. So it's kind of like, hey. And I've said it before. It's hard for me to gauge it. It it's doesn't, to me personally, it's not, it doesn't seem like something I, I would be really interested in watching. Yeah. I mean, the first episode from the trailer looked very much like they're just trying to get you through the basics of introducing the characters, a bit of the dramatic tension, and it feels yeah. like they really need to expand the world a lot more for yeah. this to be something I'd be interested in in any fashion. Um, but yeah. 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 and um, Good cinematography, though. Right, Acting yeah. looks pretty decent. Um, so, yeah. Speaking of expanding the world, this is like an actual similar comment you made about this next show. Okay. Uh, this next <laughs> show is called Valor. So, uh, the boundaries between military discipline and human desire are tested at a U.S. Army base that houses an elite unit of helicopter pilots trained to perform clandestine international and domestic missions. The drama unfolds in the present as well <laughs> as in flashbacks to be to a failed mission involving one of the first female pilots in the unit, ultimately uncovering layers of personal and government slash military secrets and leading to a seasoning 
Is that right? Seasoning? Season long. <laughs> Why am I reading this? I have season no long. idea. Okay, so. It's a seasoning plan. Uh, uh, seasoning plan. <laughs> we got to get that steak seasoned. Let's just go with that. To rescue a group of uh, MIA soldiers. So this trailer. They need their, <laughs> they need their I don't know what's they need seasoning. Their steak. They need their paprika. Yes. Yeah. So they, this this one actually started out with very that that vibe of like, oh, this doesn't really feel like a CD, CW show. Because yeah. if you've watched any show on the CW, actually multiple shows, you yeah. know that CW has a very specific feel. Um, and it's yeah. a lot of like the drama and kind of the cheesiness of it. Yeah. Like, kind of unabashedly. They're kind of like, this is our formula. Right. It very much drama so yeah. and a bit of maybe a little bit of action in some of the shows with like the, right. the but more tongue in cheek and then maybe some a little bit of comedy. Right. So it's just a military drama yeah. action. So it started off kind of cool in a yeah. different format. Oh, this is kind of a different thing. It felt like some of the CBS shows that we were talking about right. a couple weeks ago. Like I wouldn't expect as well, like a police procedural to show up on CW personally. Right. So this was interesting, and then right after we saw that like beginning scene, they're like like relationship stuff, and I yeah. was like, I was like, oh, there's the CW. <laughs> yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, right there. there you go. Yeah. Um, but in, in what I mentioned earlier, you had mentioned that this looks small, like the yeah. world seems small, and it's getting yeah. smaller, kind of a thing. And yeah, um, you're right. So they have this grand scope of there's you know something happening where we got to go save these people. We kept a secret that's ultimately hurting these people and we're in the military yet. There's these consequences that are affecting around the globe or it just felt like it was just two people. Yeah. It felt like two <laughs> people and it like, it was silly. What? Because again, this probably just on the first episode, but there showed that this girl has like a drug addiction, I guess of some sort, like four times in the trailer and they keep jumping back to this pill bottle, pill bottle, pill bottle. And then finally they like show her like smash the pill and like snort it. Yeah. And it's like, it's like Advil or something. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> if you're, if your show is this about this grand military like endeavor and, you know, espionage and government tactics and things like that, then it's like, if you're a big thing that you have to constantly keep throwing in your face is that she's got a drug addiction. It's like, what do you really have in your story? Like you probably just don't have that much there if you've got to constantly just right. like drugs and she's got drugs and look at the drugs and da da da. And that it was like half of the trailer was we did military stuff and military things are going on. And the other half of the trailer was like this romantic drama tension with like, is their relationship going right. to work? Is it going to be there? And so I, I don't need that personally in like a military espionage type <laughs> I show. I don't need like <laughs> romantic drama personally, but I don't know. It just feel very, it felt very small. Yeah. I felt like, you know, they're not, they didn't show any people of like different ethnicities and like other parts of the world. Right. They didn't show any like visuals of other parts of the world. It was like these weird looking, horribly animated CG helicopters, you know, and then them at their house. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, okay. Yeah. That's, there's nothing there. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It's, it's nothing that really stands out to me. We didn't do way. this. We did, well, So what's your excitement for, first, what's your excitement going back to Dynasty? What's your excitement for that Two. one? Two. Okay. And then excitement for Three. Valor. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I'd say uh, probably, probably about the same. Okay, <laughs> I, I might put. I probably put both of them at like a two point five. Okay, yeah. Just split that difference. You get it, man. There you go. Um, so let's talk about the next show. And this is probably honestly not that the trailer looks amazing, but it's one out of these four that I'm most excited about. Yeah. Um, and these it's last two both kind of look a little bit interesting. Interesting, to me. right? Yeah. So. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is Black Lightning, which is another DC property uh, superhero show. Yeah. However, this is not a part of the Flash, Arrow, Legend, Supergirl universe. Yeah. This is separate. Not to say that they couldn't down the road tie it in all together by bringing it into the multiverse because Flash creates Flashpoint 2.0 and, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. So um, 
this one is uh, so Cress Williams, uh, the guy who stars as Black Lightning, uh, is Jefferson Pierce, the hero who hung up his suit and his secret identity years ago. But with a daughter hell bent on justice and a star student being recruited by a local gang, he will be pulled back into the fight as the wanted vigilant vigilante and uh, DC legend, DC legend Black Lightning. So yeah. I was a bit disappointed, by the way. I thought his I thought his lightning power was actually going to be black. Oh, I thought he was like, I understand that it's like nighttime and you couldn't see it and it wouldn't look cool. That would be really sick though. If he's like shooting (laughs) out black lightning bolts, I mean, they could do like an off black sort of a thing and it's kind of pretty sweet. I mean, I don't know. Um, It's probably not in the comic. I haven't, I don't know the comic book at all for black lightning. Yeah. It reminds me of, uh, this, this synopsis reminds me of the Incredibles. (laughs) Oh yeah. There you go. Hung it up years ago. Now I'm going to get back in the game. It kind of is it like, cause you know, his daughter looks like she's got like superpowers a little bit there. So it's kind of like the family. The family business of the superheroes, you know? There's like the tech element. So you have a little bit of like the Flash, you know, where Cisco's always making suits and stuff. Or like Iron Man, for example, where he's yeah. making a suit and doing stuff. There's there's some cool effects. It looks like pretty on par with typical CW superhero effects. Yeah. Um, not super great, but, you know, it's, it's, CW a, it's great. the first couple of shows. Yeah, CW yeah. great. Yeah. I don't um, like his outfit. I understand what they're doing with it, but it looks like they've got LED lights like glued onto <laughs> plastic panels <laughs> on his shirt. Yeah, you know we'll, I mean? we'll see. That might get tightened up a little bit as we get to the closer to the actual yeah. episode, but yeah. but we'll see. I don't know my 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 personal, and I'll let you kind of go into this too. But my personal um, uh, excitement level is a little higher, obviously, than the previous two, but not super high. Uh, I think I just have to wait again. TV trailers typically don't do it for me, so I would give it a six for right now. I'm yeah, I'm lower. I think the main reason why. It's not that I don't like the Black Lightning character. It's more that they didn't present to me a realistic threat. I mean, the thing was that the, that I liked about Flash was that he had sort of an ongoing everyday kind of like the procedural type thing where he had like a crazy ridiculous person that he's fighting against. I mean, the Flash is cool and just in general to me, but like every every week they had like a different type of baddie. Whereas this one, it's like a gang. The one hundred. The one hundred. Not and, the show. Right? Yeah, <laughs> not the show. They're not crossing over. Yeah. Um. I it just like the fact that he's he's fighting a local gang just seems very <laughs> well. There's a hundred of them, so that's at least a hundred episodes. I know, but he can like <laughs> absorb bullets and shoot lightning. It's like how is that not one episode? How does he not go in and just lightning bolt everybody away in the first episode and then be done with it? You know, unless there's like maybe this is like a shredder game where there's yeah. like some super high powered level people, but they didn't present that. So I'm interested to see his character as long as they as long as they present a realistic, good antagonist. Mm-hmm. That's going to keep me wanting to watch the show. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it's going to be bad. I'm just, I need an antagonist. What's your number? So I'm at like, I'm at like a 4.5, okay. like 5, 4.5. I really think what's going to happen is it's going to have a first season and they're going to see how the ratings are. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be like, all right, guys, uh, Greg Berlanti, let's, uh, let's have uh, The Flash create some sort of time paradox. And now he's a part, the Black Lightning is a part of this. Yeah, because you're not going to get any crossover really at this point. So Right. So, and they've already said as much, you know, it's not really a part of that universe yet. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, that's, that's Which, that. I will say if you're familiar with the whole DC universe, like the literal universe, there is a bazillion different earths. There's like, there's it's, like a map you can infinity. actually look up. There's like an unlimited amount. Right, right. But like there's in their like known universe. So it's like the DC known universe. They've got like all of these, they've got like a dream world. They've got like a nightmares and, and they've got like all these sub worlds. And then they've got like actual earth worlds and they're, they're like known 
and they're known for having like this be their thing or that be like there's a world that's all that was taken over by Nazis so it's like a Nazi planet you know what I mean (laughs) and so this might exist they could they could make the case that like maybe black lightning exists on like another earth you know what I mean it's like a black lightning earth and 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 tie it in yeah Yeah. so that's all I'm saying no for sure um, so that takes us into our last one and final one for CW that they have coming out. Um, it is a life sentence, which actually we were talking about this earlier. When we figured out Lucy Hale. So it's from pretty little liars is okay. the main girl. In this. Yeah. Yeah. She looks uh, familiar. I just wasn't sure. Right. So, uh, the, let's see here. The light hour long centers on a, uh, young woman, Hale, who after being diagnosed with terminal cancer, finds out that she's not dying after all and has to learn to live with the choices she made when she decided to live like she was dying. So this is like the, the unbreaking bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the first, it's not an action. At first all. 30 seconds of this trailer here. was like, she's been living the last eight years of her life, yeah. basically living like she was dying, like there's going to be no tomorrow. And I literally go, uh, plot twist is she's not dying. Yeah. And then you don't have cancer anymore. Yeah. It's like first after the first minute, <laughs> you don't have cancer. Yeah. Da, da. So she's yeah. got to learn to like just cope and, um, kind of go with that. It, it's, this is definitely the most lighthearted. I feel like out of all the yeah. shows that we're getting, there might be some, you know, interesting things, just kind of the, the lightheartedness. Yeah. Uh, my initial thought was like, meh, I don't know. There's a lot of like, uh, uh, stereotypical cliche yeah. things that kind of happen in it. Nothing that really. Yeah, it's like, like oh, they were hiding this. the fact that they were cheating on each other because right. she was sick, and you know, they were hiding the fact that they're getting a divorce because they were she was sick, and she's they're trying to make sure she's getting she's it's, it's more it's more important that she doesn't worry about that because she's sick, you know. Right. It's gone down a pretty obvious path. I think what's really going to sell this film, obviously, with all the well, not film the show, and the same with all the shows, is the the characters. Right. Um, but this one even more so because it doesn't seem like there's going to be a super duper strong story to it. Like right. it doesn't, there's not this complex narrative of like interweaving monologues and things like that. It's, it's like, well, the characters are interacting with each other in this new predicament, in this new situation. How do they handle it? Right. Um, so it doesn't go slapsticky. It's more situational kind of irony. And there's a bit of kind of funny banter between some of the characters. Um, it seems like it's got a decent sense for comedic timing. There's one guy in it whose sole purpose is to make some sort of witty line about a breakfast pastry. Yeah. Whether it be waffles or toaster strudels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That seemed about like his purpose was, that was his entire purpose. So, um, the, the it's gotta be a good interaction between the characters with good dialogue. That's yeah. really going to have to be what it comes down to with this show. So, I don't know. Um, I'd say I'm about the same as black lighting for this one. I'm not three for me. Three. I'm, yeah. I'd say I'm like rated at like a 4.5, like okay. 4 or 4.5 with this one. Okay. So, yeah. Cool, man. But compared to a lot of the other shows that we've seen, um, yeah, kind of right in the ma- right in the, right in the mix. <laughs> right. There's not a lot of other shows we've right. unfortunately had a lot of really excitement for and good things to be said. So um, there you go. So and uh, with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up on the show for today. Uh, and here and with signing off, I'm going to give you a couple of good ways you can get connected to the show. Once again, uh, you can check out our website, which is realreviewmedia.com. Uh, we're posting a ton of good things up there and you can check out our newsletter. We've also got our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Real Review Media, our Twitter and our Instagram, which are both at Real Review Media. Again, always spelled R-E-E-L. 
And then, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your thoughts on any of these shows that we have coming out. Maybe you'd love to share your thoughts on House of Cards or, you know, Prison Break, what you thought of either of those uh, seasons and episodes. I'm not quite done yet. Maybe I'll do a final synopsis of the season, kind of a brief little one when we get there. But uh, Totally. Yeah, but love to hear from you. Good uh, good email address for us is realreviewmedia at gmail.com. So go ahead and drop us a line. when you get a yep. chance. Cool. So anything more, Matt? No, that's it. All right. Well, then it has been real. It's been real. <laughs>